Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Run on over to pathtozion.com for all the audio episodes um, or find us, of course, here on our YouTube channel at YouTube um, under Path to Zion podcast. And uh, we would love some interaction. If you have opinions, thoughts, questions, challenges, you can always join in the comments or send us an email at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. And what are we talking about? Yahweh's family? Who's in? Who is in Yahweh's family? How do we know if we ourselves are even in what we believe is a family that Yahweh himself has established and is establishing and inviting us into? Is it simply we say a prayer and ask Jesus into our heart and we are then God's children? Um, Or is there something more to tend to? If we understand it all covenant language and that we are in fact in a new covenant, um, covenant requires us doing something. I mean, even in the natural, a covenant, a a joint agreement is, I will do this and you will do that. I mean, that is a baseline understanding of covenant. And so what I'm promoting in a nutshell via Proverbs chapter 7 and the 10 other texts that we've read, read so far is that there will be evidence of who is in Father's family because those will be the ones who keep Father's covenantal ways. Um, and that's a hard word. And I don't like talking about it in the sense of I don't like drawing a line in the sand and saying, well, who's in and who's out? I don't like that. I don't want to do that. Um, but as I started with part one, there are people asking, how do we know, Joel? How do we know who's in Yahweh's family and who's not? What's the core undergirding foundation that we have got to cling to? Especially as all this this ooey-gooey Jesus revolution nonsense comes on the scene. What do we do with that? That's why this is of utmost importance, and this is why we have to discuss it for whoever is interested in being kept safe from the grand delusion that's coming, and now here, um, to the whole earth, and specifically to the Christian religion. Um, As I'm always saying uh, for years, it's being swallowed up. It's being assimilated into a greater religious culture where anything goes and is going to go in greater measure. So I believe it would do us all well now to rightly understand the the covenantal criteria of who is Yahweh's people according to his word um, and let it, let it tell us. Um, Let's just go ahead and just keep moving because otherwise we're just this is going to take forever. We might be able to conclude it here with part three. Um, we did talk about again for a tiny bit of review in case there's been a gap between two and three for you watching this. Um, a bit of a reminder. We wrapped up identifying again in the Proverbs seven example um, of. The, the outsider foreign woman is a stranger. She's not in the family of Yahweh. She has her own dwelling. It's not the father's house. And she doesn't adhere to his, his law, his ways, his counsel. And she thereby is trying to lure in the naive ones. And, and, and the father is, is cautioning the son to be alert and to be aware and tells him a recipe, if you will, of how to be kept from the seductresses lying, deceiving ways. And that is, make wisdom your sister and call understanding your kinsman, your relative. So in other words, there are ways to to keep yourself within the safety confines of your father's law, of your father's governing rule for your good, 
But you have to listen to wisdom and understanding because they are echoing your father's commands. They're endorsing your father's ways, and thereby you know they're trustworthy because they're speaking what the father speaks. However, the seductress is not. She is not speaking your father's ways. In fact, she's opposing them and has her own which will be enticing as we went back to the Garden of Eden reality. Now, if this is another biblical pattern um, that we can look to for our own guidance and counsel, we would have to see it even elsewhere, right? Because we can't touch on every single example. Um, We could, but I guess, you know, literally these would be 20 parts in all seriousness. Um, But David showed us this principle many times. For example... Psalm 119, 57 through 63. Yahweh is my portion. I promised to guard your words. I have entreated your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your word. I have considered my ways and turned my feet back to your testimonies. I hasten and I do not delay to obey your commandments. Here we are again, your mitzvot. We looked earlier at the Father's mitzvah. Okay, same same understanding. The ropes of the wicked are coiled around me, but I did not forget your Torah. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rulings. I am a companion of all who fear you, of those who observe your precepts. Now, we could pick this apart and we could, uh, rightly so, just talk about this for a long time. But just the heavy points here is, I don't delay to obey your commandments, Father, I did not forget your Torah. I have got up at midnight to praise you. Why? Because of your righteous rulings. And thereby I am a companion. I walk alongside arm in arm with those who fear you. Of those who observe your precepts. Of those who love Jesus? No. Of those who are inviting Holy Spirit while they play awesome little sing songs in a gathering? No. No. And this is from the psalmist, David. I join myself with those who sing your praises. No. I am a companion of those who fear you and of those who observe your precepts. Okay? He is revealing, I believe, why this is in here. He is showing us another glimpse, another uh, reiteration of this is the family of Elohim. These are my family members, okay? These people, my companions. Deuteronomy chapter 13, verses 1 through 4. If a prophet or someone who has dreams arises among you and proclaims a sign or a wonder to you, and that sign or wonder he's promised you comes about, but he says, let us go follow other Elohim, other gods, which you've not known, and let's worship them, Don't listen to that prophet's words or to the dreamer. For Yahweh your Elohim is testing you to know whether you love Yahweh your Elohim with all your heart and all your soul. Verse 4, you must follow Yahweh your Elohim and fear him. You must keep his commands and listen to him. You must worship him and remain faithful to him. Now, why am I saying this? Because A prophet, it seems, a false prophet, is doing signs and wonders, comes on the scene, 
It's a prophesied thing. We see it, I believe, at every turn right now, every degree of vision right now into Christian culture. This is, this is just commonplace everywhere you look. These false prophets who are luring you to another Messiah, pointing to another Messiah that is not the Messiah Yeshua of the Word and why He came. It's not. It's not the same source. And they're saying, let's follow other gods, is what they're saying. Let's follow these make-believe versions of God, and let's go worship them. So the warning comes, don't listen to those prophets' words. You're being tested. You must follow Yahweh, your Elohim, and fear Him. So there's this distinguisher. You must not go their way. You must go Yahweh's way, and they are not the same. They are going like this. You must keep His commands, worship Him, remain faithful to Him. Well, what about the New Testament? If we're talking just the endless laundry list of examples of this premise I'm trying to present here in who is Yahweh's family, who's in and how do we know? Matthew 5, 17, we know Yeshua said, Don't think I came to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I didn't come to abolish it, but to fulfill it, to fill it to full, to its perfection condition in a human being. Okay, so in other words, he fits the criteria. I'm not doing away with my father's law, which is why this is here on the heels of Deuteronomy 13. He does not fit the criteria of a false prophet unless he's a different new religion, Jesus, who says he did away with father's law. Okay, if a if a prophet comes, he is identified as a false prophet if and when he says you have to abandon father's commands. Yeshua, of course, said clearly in multiple ways in different texts, I'm not here to do that. 1 John 2, 3 through 6. Now we know that we have come to know Yeshua by this. Oh, okay. If we, here's criteria is all over the word. There's no way around it. If, if, we've, if we know Yeshua, we'll know by this. If we keep his commandments. The one who says, I've come to know him and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. That sounds a little bit like the seductress, does it not? But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of Elohim is truly made perfect. We know that we're in him by this. Whoever claims to abide in him must walk as he, Yeshua, walked. We're going to keep moving. Yeshua, okay, how did he walk? How did Yeshua walk? Yeshua is the exact personification of one who never, ever spoke his own words. Ever. Came on behalf of the Father to the utmost, the perfect representation in human form, the Father's word, the Father's commands, the Father's instruction, the Father's counsel, was his entire word, Yeshua's. Thereby, he was entirely trustworthy. He was the epitome of wisdom and understanding in a human being. Because he only spoke the perfect ways of his Father. Thereby, he was trustworthy to the utmost. Because he never led anyone away from his Father's commands, ever. (laughs) That's a ridiculous proposal once you come out of having veiled eyes towards it. He was literally repeating the words of his father. 
How do we know? He fulfilled the law and the prophets, which we will get to. He always pointed to his father every single time. Every single time. It was his identity. <laughs> if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Why? We're speaking the exact same language. John chapter 8, 28 and 29, Yeshua said, When you've lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know who I am. I do nothing by myself, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who has sent me is with me. He's not left me alone. Why? Because I always do what is pleasing to him. John chapter 12, 49 and 50. For I do not speak on my own, but the Father himself who sent me has commanded me what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Therefore, what I say, I say just as the Father has told me. Wisdom, understanding, Moses, the prophets, Yeshua, the writers of the New Testament, all point us towards a surefire way to know who we can give ear to, who to join our lives with. The ones that endorse and promote Father's covenantal ways that he told us would go from generation to generation to generation all the way back to Abraham. All others, all others, all other foreigners who do not dwell in the house of Yahweh, in his abode, with the Father, endorsing his commands. At the foundation, these, like it or not, are opposing Father's instruction for his son, for his sons, for his children, for his offspring, for his house, for his family. Because, friend, there's only one way, just like we read in part two. It's an old pattern. It's an old way of doing things. A foreigner that sojourns along with you, yes, he can come in. He could even come for Passover. But he comes like this. He comes this way. And friends, if you cannot yield your will to that, I'm just going to say in humility, you're hard-hearted, you're stubborn, and you don't understand Father's covenant. You don't understand his covenant. If you're above that, I don't have to do anything to be in my Father's covenant now. I'm in Jesus. Friends, you don't even understand Messiah. You don't understand Messiah. And it's possible. It's possible now. I'm going to be as humble as I know how. It's possible you're following a false Messiah that doesn't fit the criteria of Deuteronomy chapter 13. It has to be a consideration. Someone has to say this. Someone has to say these hard things for our own good, for our own potential of being awoken from our slumber so that Father can remove the scales from our eyes and allow us to see. I don't know why he does that and when to this person, to that person, not to this one and not to that one. That's beyond me. But we need to seek, seek it out in, in hearts of humility. We know that all the earth is raging towards one end. The enemy surely knows his demise, of course, and, and we see much of this unfold in the book of Revelation. And John's vision, I mean, holy cow, who can understand all that? I know John Hagee thinks he does, but we don't have a clue. We can Some things we can gain understanding towards, of course. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17 tells us this. So the dragon became enraged at the woman and went off to make war with the remnant of her offspring. Now, who are her offspring? 
this is the end of the end now. We're 10 chapters away from like, close the book, seal it up. <laughs> this enraged dragon goes off to make war with the remnant of the woman's offspring. And they are defined as, quote, those who keep the commandments of Yahweh and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. Okay, so if the commandments don't matter, if there's no place now for, for commandments and, and Torah law, this would not make any sense whatsoever as far as eschatology goes and where we're headed as, as, as humanity. The marked people, and there's a lot of marks, but one of them is those who keep the commandments of Yahweh and hold to the testimony of Yeshua. Now, as we always say on the program, this is one reason of 4.7 million why Yeshua's name matters. And Jesus doesn't cut it. Jesus doesn't mean anything. Yeshua, in the Hebrew text, which I believe is the language of the Father Creator, is He, Yahweh, is salvation. He's, he's salvation. This hurts a lot of people, not Yeshua, because Yeshua's very name and essence was, hey, my father is salvation, everybody. I'm sorry. I know you just want to like build a tower at the foot of my cross, but guess what? My father is salvation. <laughs> We're going to tackle that one day whenever I'm ready. So what is the testimony of Yeshua? Because we can pretty much understand those who keep the commandments of Yahweh, but they also hold on to the testimony of Yeshua. Now, I just want to propose some things. I don't have perfect clarity, clarity towards this yet. My wife and I duked it out, man, over what this was saying. And we're going through, jumping to texts here and Hebrew, Masoretic texts. And like, well, I don't know. Yes, no, yes, no. I'm going to propose this with some, we're learning. Um, what do you think it is? What do you think the testimony of Yeshua is? Any idea? Perhaps the Bible tells us. <laughs> Revelation chapter 19 is our best hope to land on anything that's even close to correct. John encounters, quote, something like the voice of a multitude, like the roar of rushing waters or like the rumbling of powerful thunder. Holy cow. Okay, got my attention. Okay, and, and he hears a, a voice speaking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For Yahweh Almighty reigns among other things <laughs> that, are, that, are, that are going on. And in the midst of this great event that John's seeing, an angel answers our question um, about, like, what is this testimony of Yeshua? He tells John this. The angel tells me, we're, we're quoting now, Revelation, Write, Blessed are those who have been invited to the wedding banquet of the Lamb. He also tells me these are the true words of Elohim. Then I fell down at his feet, and I worshipped him. But he said to me, See that you don't do that. Stop worshipping me, for I'm only a fellow servant with you. Here we go. Key in on this, please, as we talk about what? Based off of Proverbs 7, in the house that we've been establishing on there for the last hour and a half, Yahweh's family, his family structure, his family unit. Pay attention to these words, man. Words matter. So this angel speaks to John after he falls in worship of the angel, which we would probably do as well. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your brothers and your sisters who hold to the testimony of Yeshua. 
Ah. Worship Elohim! Exclamation point. And then we're told that answer to our question. What is the spirit, or what rather is the testimony of Yeshua? The testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. Huh. So the Bible can answer these questions for us instead of just my assumption? Yeah, but it takes a whole lot of time, friend. You better carve out some hours to do it. The testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. Now, all the way up to this point, rock solid, sure thing. The Bible says it. We don't need our opinion. From here, there are some things I'm working out, admittedly. But as we see it, Yahweh's people are a marked people. We know that. Everybody knows that. Everyone who studies the Bible knows that. Biblically, they're designated according to certain criteria. We clearly see from the Garden of Eden to Abraham, to Mount Sinai, to Yeshua's earthly life, to the Jerusalem Council, to the Apostles, to John's visions of the end times, all the way at the end of the book in Revelation. The family of Yahweh keep his commandments and cling to the testimony of Yeshua, which is the spirit of prophecy. Now let me just make this clear. And if this is too much of a jump for you, I will say, okay, I'll give you that. This is my presentation for consideration, at least, if nothing else, for connection that it's pointing to. Even at the end of the age, we see the people that are marked as Yahweh's family, his set-apart people, are literally defined by those who embrace the Torah and the prophets. Okay? How do I, how do I say that? Because we see... Brothers and sisters, fellow servant, those who keep the commandments of Yahweh, there is no, there's no new set of commandments, friend. <laughs> there's no new list. <laughs> the Father's commandments were the sons, and the sons were the Father's. <laughs> Show me a verse where it says, and then Yeshua gave his commandments, like literally now. <laughs> Not bad translation, but like literally, like, Listed like we have listed. There isn't such a thing. So here at the end, we see those who are marked that at the end of the age, that are the marked ones that the enemy's coming after with all that he has, aren't those who love Jesus, aren't those who go to church, aren't those who read their Bible, aren't those who have attained unity of the Spirit because they all got together and had Holy Spirit fire meetings, or because they sang songs together for five hours. Those who kept the commandments of keep, because we're talking in the future, those who keep the commandments of Yahweh and hold to the testimony of Yeshua, which is the spirit of prophecy. So we see the law, the commandments, and the spirit of prophecy, which gave utterance to the prophets. This is the discussion we had in our house, and we're almost done here. We're bringing this to a conclusion. What gave the prophets of Yahweh utterance? Okay, if we know, and Yeshua always said what? you got to look back because the Torah and the prophets spoke of me. The prophets were always speaking of me, and I'm here right now. I'm here. The spirit of prophecy declared that Yahweh is salvation. So again, the biblical pattern from beginning to end is clear. Yahweh desires a family. His family is defined by those who walk in his ways all the way back to Abraham, all the way to the culmination of the ages when the dragon is pursuing Yahweh's family there. <laughs> They're marked by the same thing. Keeping his commandments, walking in Father's ways. 
All others are outside of covenant and are not in Yahweh's family. <laughs> Everything that's been going on since the garden. When man willingly stepped outside of Yahweh's commands, it's still going on exactly the same today. A man of lawlessness is on the rise right now. And he may not look like you expected, friend. So I want to encourage us to scour the word on this. To see if, in fact, the principle that I'm proposing today that we see in chapter 7 of Proverbs is true. Is it possible? Does the Bible tell us how to know who is and who is not in his family? Can we know by giving tests to ourselves, our family, and those in our lives that we love? Those that we meet, people that cross our paths. I believe we will know by are they first and foremost as a foundational point to go from. This is what I do. This is what our house does. Are they speaking Father's commands? Are they speaking Father's instruction? Let's just go back. We have to. We've got to go back. Because again, Abraham, the father of the nation of Yahweh. Okay, here's some criteria. We'll go all the way back to the beginning. We'll bring this to an end. Are they obeying Yahweh's voice? Are they keeping Yahweh's charge? Are they keeping Yahweh's commandments? Are they keeping Yahweh's statutes? Are they keeping Yahweh's law? That is what the father, Abraham, spoke because that's what he did. You understand what I'm saying? When I say spoke, he spoke out into all generations that would follow him in his pattern and stated that Yahweh himself chose him for. That's why he was chosen. He was a man. Of faith, yes. And he's a man of obedience. And thereby he started the literal family of Yahweh <laughs> for generations and generations to follow. So we have to ask, do they agree with Yahweh's words, our Father's words, like Proverbs chapter 7? Are you agreeing with my Father's ways? Are you agreeing with him? Are you speaking the utterance? of wisdom, my sister, and the declaration of understanding, my relative, my kinsman? Do you agree with my father's words? Are you a or are you promoting an alluring abandonment of my father's ways and counsel from another house, from another dwelling? Like the Bible tells us that all false, false prophets do. We have to weigh these things. So let us call wisdom our sister and understanding our kinsman relative. I believe that we can know, friend. I believe that we can know. We have to hold this humbly. This is not a, a sword to slice and dice the body with, friend. Please, I'm not giving anybody license to be like, hey, and bam. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. And equally, we need to be willing to be like the things we start out with about biblical example of real-life men standing up in the body of Elohim in a called-out assembly and saying brothers' names and saying, look, when you see this guy, go the other way. Where is that? 
Well, we just all need to love like Jesus loved. Nobody's perfect. No. This is above that, friend. This is maturity walking. This is maturity walking. This is rightly handling in humility the sobering reality that we are called to be a body that upholds Father's ways. It's His ways, not mine, nor yours. I believe in days ahead that are probably not too far from us. Um, We're going to have to know who is in Yahweh's family and who's not. At the foundation level, we need to know. Um, Our very lives, I believe, will depend on it. And so there it is, Yahweh's family. Who's in? I don't know, maybe the last hour and a half or so, we've we've scratched the surface of asking some very uh, pointed questions um, for some criteria to know who is and who is not. We must start right here first with our own hearts and with our own homes, um, and then we can move out from there in humility to find out, Yahweh, who are your people? We need people in this age and in this hour. So you have been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Um, join into the conversation on our Facebook page um, at pathtozion.com. Um, thank you for watching. We'll be back for more stuff after this. I've got a whole lot more stuff ready. We'll, we'll get to it when we can. Thank you for watching. Amen.